chance. Yenmark down the middle, scores! Matias Yenmark, shorthanded goal. From the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas studios and live at LVSportsNetwork.com. Puck comes out high, Watt gets the puck, off to the races, into the zone, the righty, right circle, backhander, he scores! What a move! Nicholas Watt gets the Knights back in the lead! is the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. Your destination for inside access with the team, exclusive player interviews, and breaking news from around the National Hockey League. Here are your hosts, Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Welcome in Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show, Fox Sports Las Vegas. Ryan Wallace, Chris Chapman, live inside the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas Studios. Finley Chevrolet on the 215, home of the... Jam-packed two hours here of the VGK Insider Show. We're going to get into a phenomenal game yesterday between the Colorado Avalanche and the St. Louis Blues and the ramifications of that comeback for St. Louis might just be too much for a Colorado Avalanche team that has not been able to clinch the third round in quite some time. We're also going to get into Daryl Sutter and the continued mind games, the continued mastery of using the media to get what he wants, not just out of his opponent, but out of his players. Just great stuff from Daryl Sutter uh, before tonight's Battle of Alberta takes its next stage and whether or not the Calgary Flames can come back, make it a series just as the St. Louis Blues did yesterday. We've got the play of the day. We've got one-timers in hour number two. And then Chapman, like, I'm really looking forward to this. At at the top of hour number two, five o'clock, we're going to have Craig Patrick on the program. He's the league commissioner for Three Ice. Have you heard of Three Ice, Chapman? I've heard the commercials running on the uh, the, the station yeah. here, but uh, I think Darren actually does does the voiceover work for for the commercials. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah, I mean, that's the only reason I'd heard of it, but uh, it, it sounds mm-hmm. really cool. So Three Ice is really awesome. We're going to dig into it uh, with Craig at 5 o'clock. But it's three-on-three hockey. And it's going to happen over the summer. There's going to be a couple events in Las Vegas at the Orleans Arena. And you've got legends behind the bench of these teams. That, to me, is the coolest aspect of all of this. I love three-on-three. I love overtime. I love up-and-down action. I love back-and-forth hockey. It's fun. It's entertaining. It's exactly what you want, especially in Las Vegas, to get out of the heat over the course of summer. But to me, when you're starting to include the likes of Grant Fuhrer and John LeClaire and Joe Mullen, Larry Murphy, Brian Trottier, like those names being associated with this league in its inaugural run, to me, is really the selling point for what should be a lot of fans lining the doors and heading out to three ice. We're going to dig into that in hour number two, and I really cannot wait, Chapman. I don't know about you, but I'm going to go, and I'm going to be at every single one of those events because I cannot wait to just dig into three-on-three ice hockey with legends behind the bench from the NHL. Yeah, I mean, when when you mentioned Grant Fuhrer and Brian Trottier, those are two guys who who might know a thing or two about dynasties. Um, you know, they may be able to clue you in a little bit on whether or not the Tampa Bay Lightning would qualify as a dynasty if they win the Stanley Cup this year. But uh, yeah, it, it's really cool. I think one of the one of the best aspects of 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 the NHL is the three on three overtime. I wish they would just play that and eliminate the dumpy, stupid shootout because 
to, to be honest with you, I don't think anybody gets excited about the shootout, but you know fans, mm-hmm. especially neutral observers, get really excited about three-on-three hockey. Like, it, it's it's the best thing. And, you know, one of the things I'm curious about is is how the, the, the idea for this came to be because we've seen the big three in, in basketball mm-hmm. and the success mm-hmm. of that. Uh, and follow that up with three on three in the Olympics in in Beijing, in Tokyo over the summer, where they the uh, a, a couple members of the Las Vegas Aces won gold medals in three on three women's basketball. So uh, you know, I, I wonder how much the concept came from that and and the success of that. But uh, yeah, it's really cool. Look, three on three hockey is is the best. I mean, obviously, I I I I I'm a fan of the more normal overtime in the playoffs, but during the regular season, sure, just give me ten minutes of three on three, like like get rid of the Is shootout. That your fix? I, I I think so. I mean, it, it, I mm-hmm. I can't stand the shootout. Like when we were going in the locker room, I could tell you, I would head down when when the five minute overtime ended. I had I I couldn't care. <laughs> like I could sit and watch the three on three in the television while I'm waiting to go in the locker room. The overtime, I'm not moving out of my seat because it's exciting, it's fast, it's 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 just incredible. Like nobody wants to shoot out. Everybody wants a three on three. Listen, I, I think ten minutes of three on three overtime in the regular season would end the majority of games that go to overtime. I, I really do. I, I don't know that I am I don't. I don't like the shootout, and like we've we've kind of gone back and forth on this for a while now. We've seen it in action. It's okay to me to have ties in professional sports. It's okay for me to go home at the end of the night and say, you know what, seventy minutes, no one was able to, and that's just the way that it goes. And to arbitrarily. Um, over the course of a skills competition, award an extra point, and those points matter in determining who does or doesn't make the playoffs. Like, to me, just just go with a tie, right? Like, if you're talking about not changing the point system to 3-2-1 and keeping 2-1-1, and then I, I'm with you, Chapman. I'd say get rid of the shootouts, go to a 10-minute three-on-three overtime, and if games end in a tie, so be it. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm a soccer fan, so I'm not gonna that a tie. Unfortunately, is is a big part of the game. <laughs> like, there's yeah. lots of games that end in ties. I mean, my my team did not win the Premier League this year because they had too many ties and not enough wins. It, it's it's I like it. I I like the idea of of tweaking the point system to where you're rewarding teams for actually trying. Like, because there's there 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 are occasions where you'll get the three on three. And teams will kind of shut it down and not really try to win. The the benefit to that is you give teams more points for a win. And if you if and you know I I don't know if eliminating a loser point is the way to do it, but force teams to go out and try to win these games in overtime. Make it a ten minute overtime. Get rid of the shootout. And if it ends in a tie, then it ends in a tie. It's it's it's, it's not the end of the world. So continuing on this theme of overtime, last night. The St. Louis Blues turned what should have been a no-doubter for the Colorado Avalanche, what should have been a festive evening, a party for the Avalanche and their fan base. The St. Louis Blues spoiled it, and they spoiled it in exceptional fashion. The Colorado Avalanche ran out to a 3-0 lead, right? And then you get a goal from Vladimir Tarasenko in the second period to cut that lead to 3-2. All of a sudden, within the first few within the first 15 minutes of the third period that game is tied 
Jordan Cairo, Robert Thomas. They allow the St. Louis Blues to come back, tie that game. And it was at that moment where I was sitting there thinking about Colorado, and I'm like, oh, man, here we go again. Like, this team, they've got a big lead. Billy Huso was not particularly good. All Darcy Kemper has to do is be average at best. And all the Avalanche have to do is shut things down. And they couldn't do it. They couldn't do it in the third period. And they allowed the Blues to get back into the game. And then here's the thing that really had me going for a minute there, Chapman. Had me going and going well. Nathan McKinnon scores a highlight real goal to complete the hat trick with less than three minutes left in the game. And it was the triumphant moment of the Avalanche superstar putting his team on his back and delivering them a victory. Delivering them to where they want to be the third round of the Stanley Cup playoffs. And then what happens, Chapman? Robert Thomas scores again. (laughs) And Tyler freaking Bozak... And his 7 minutes and 16 seconds of ice time end the game in overtime. A win for the St. Louis Blues. They push this to a sixth game back in St. Louis tomorrow. And I think, I think that loss will have lasting impacts in this series. Because all Colorado had to do was defend well was to just get through three minutes and they couldn't do it with this with the ability to move on to the third round on the line well there's a couple of 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 things that you that you mentioned there uh for for starters i will say this i don't know if nathan mckinnon will have another opportunity in his career to have a a legacy-defining goal <laughs> like he did last night. I mean, could you imagine? And and it should have been the, the series-clinching goal by Nathan McKinnon. Like, that is a career-defining goal if the Colorado Avalanche go on to win that game. That's one you look back on and you're like, you remember where you were. You remember what you were doing when Nathan McKinnon scores that goal. Now yeah. it's just a footnote in history. It, it was a great goal, but... It doesn't quite have the same meaning it would have had if the Colorado Avalanche closed the door on the St. Louis Blues. There was a moment in the six on five where was it was it Landeskog had an opportunity to shoot the puck at the open net and he hesitated and then he ends up mm-hmm. icing the puck. Like you've gotta you've gotta put that puck in. I, I mean, look, I, I, I hate to bring up bad bad memories, but Mark Stone had a similar opportunity against the San Jose Sharks. Yeah. And he, yeah. he, he missed. Well, if by somehow, some way, the St. Louis Blues come back to win this series, that's a moment the, the, the Colorado Avalanche will look back on and say, how did we not shut the door with the open net? I, I, I think a credit to, to the guys on the St. Louis Blues, they could have easily folded it up and, and gone home when it was 3 to nothing. They didn't. Like you said, Vili Husso wasn't very good. Darcy Kemper wasn't very good either, but it was it was the for for St. Louis it was the guys that you had been waiting for plus Tyler Bozak mm-hmm. to step up mm-hmm. and get the job done. <laughs> like Jordan Cairo was an all star. He is a very yeah. very good young player. He needed to step Robert up. Thomas. Robert Thomas, right? Yeah. A guy who I think he was he was a top fifteen pick, maybe top twenty pick the same year that the Golden Knights came into existence. So he's a guy who who has the history. He's been in the league a couple of years, but he's a good player. And you expect those guys to step up. And then Tyler Bozak. But, but 
it, it it was a great game. Like like I think you you had all the hoopla surrounding Nazem Kadri and returning back to Colorado, and some salty people <laughs> on Twitter. Um, but sure. it, it it was it was by all accounts and 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 for by all means necessary it was a very entertaining it was a very good NHL hockey mm-hmm. game and and I told my wife I said we were watching it and she goes she goes oh my god it was three nothing now it's going overtime I'm like mm-hmm. yeah yeah because St Louis decided to show up and play hockey I'm gonna stop you right there though and say I don't think St Louis comes back to win this series I just can't. Imagine Colorado <laughs> somehow blowing this. I I, I just don't mm-hmm. see. I I can't imagine. Look, if that if it if it turns out that that Colorado does blow this series, they've sure. got to make wholesale changes. They've got to blow it all up. They because at this point, I think you have to accept you are not going to win with this core. So let, let me let me because I I find that really interesting. That, that you're not going to win with this core. And I, I don't know that I necessarily disagree with you, but I guess the question becomes, what's your stance on the Toronto Maple Leafs? Well, my stance like, is... If you, if you look at Toronto, right, and you say, bring it back for another run, which is, I think, what the sentiment is from everybody, even though they lost in the first round, even though they were still unable to make it out of the first round. I think you say run it back because they showed incredibly well against Tampa. And to me, I don't know that I look at Toronto and and Colorado in, in very different ways. Like, I think you can win with the Colorado core. I think you can win with the Toronto's with the Toronto core. I think the change if there is one, like if Colorado blows this series. And and I don't I don't believe they're going to. But if they blow this series, the change to me isn't the core. The change to me isn't the players. It's not Kale McCarr, it's not Nathan McKinnon. They don't they don't have an a, an issue with their heart or their determination. They don't want it less than the other team. None of that garbage. They need a better coach. And, like, I feel bad saying that about Jared Bednar, who I think is a good hockey coach. But at some point when you are nursing a lead, the the way you play the game has to change. And you bring up Landeskog. You bring up missing the empty net. You bring up those key moments, those key plays. And to me, you need coaching in those moments. You need the understanding of, you know what, if I don't have – a clear lane, if I don't have the ability to get to center red, I'm not going to ice the puck in this situation. I'm going to lay into the boards. I'm going to eat up time. I'm going to make it impossible for the St. Louis Blues to have any freebies down the stretch. And that, to me, comes down to coaching. And if this team cannot get it done, I don't think it's on the players. I don't think it's on the individuals. I don't think that there's an issue with this core I just think they need another voice to get them through the hump. You know, it, it, you you may be right about that, but I don't I don't look at the Colorado Avalanche and the Toronto Maple Leafs in the same light. I think with with with, with 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 I'm sorry, the, the Tampa um, Toronto Maple Leafs and Colorado Avalanche in the same light. I, I I just can't do it because I feel like Toronto has lost in the playoffs to teams that are better than them. Colorado was one of the top yeah. three seeds. In, in the bubble. And uh-huh. they've never 
taken that next step. I mean, we're now going back, what, three years for them? Look, the the, the first year that these guys were were, were kind of uh, something to, 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 to think about in the playoffs, they ended up losing to San Jose in, in, in their series after San Jose beat the Golden Knights. That was four years ago. But it was mm-hmm. the second round. This team has not progressed past the second round. And if they if they blow this lead to a team that they swept out of the playoffs last year and they fail again to make it past the second round, you have to ask yourself, is this team ever going to take that step forward? I mean, they've got some 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 guys who will not be back next year because they have a ton of UFAs, but they also have a, 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 a guy like, like Mika Rantanen who's making a ton of money. And here's the other thing, right? They only have one draft pick in the first four rounds in the draft. They only have a third-round okay. pick. So, but but all and, of their, and, young, and I, I all do of their agree. stars are young. I, 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 like there, there aren't well, going yeah, to be I mean, openings for draft picks over the next couple of years. Rant, anyway. Rantanen's twenty five, so maybe that's not the guy you move. I mean, I, I, I can't imagine you'd move McKinnon. But why I, would you? No, but but I think you, you have to start thinking. I mean, you're obviously not going to move McCarr either. But there's other guys that that that. <laughs> so so how do you make changes? Well, I mean, may, maybe Sammy Gerard. Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't. I don't know. I mean, Devon Taves is. Like, has, I, I think is real, I think you're that, overreacting. Is it overreacting when when you fail to make it out of the second round for four straight years with a team that should be playing a lot better and should be advancing past the second round? Like your 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 oldest player, like impact player, right? And I'm not including Nazem Kadri because I think that he's probably not going to be back with Colorado next year. I just don't think the money's going to work there. You're talking about Gabe Landeskog at 29. Like you've got Nathan McKinnon in his prime. You've got Miko Rantanen in his prime. Um, Kale McCarr significantly in his prime. Uh, Devon Taves is is every bit as good as Kale McCarr. Like I don't look at this as a talent issue or a team issue or a player issue. Like I think their core is really really good. I think that you're assigning different situations for their losses in the playoffs. Like when they lost to the Sharks in round number 2, they weren't supposed to be there. Right? Like that was Colorado ahead of schedule. That was a a, a young team that was kind of playing with house money against a grizzled veteran team in the in the San Jose Sharks and let's see how far this San Jose team can go. And to be honest with you, they they lost that series on a, a really crappy, terrible hand pass call anyway. But that being said, like it, it is what it is. And then the other thing too, like against the stars in the bubble. Like, I don't know that I look at the bubble as something that you can really evaluate on the whole, right? Like, as much as we want to assign evaluations to that entire situation, given the fact that everyone was sequestered, given the fact that that players were away from their families, and it was such a weird, crazy time, I don't know that... Colorado losing to the Stars in the second round in the bubble really registers to me as a as a massive failure. And on top of that, they were down to their third string goaltender, right? Like they 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 had issues that that really did skew the perception of that series. You want to look at last year? 
to the Golden Knights? Like, are you going to argue that Vegas was was a worse team than Colorado? They were 1-2 in the regular season. They were 1-2 for the President's Trophy. Like, I don't know that, they, that they've lost to teams that are significantly worse than them. And, like, I don't think you can make that argument for Toronto. See, I, I, I think, obviously, this year, Toronto, Toronto lost to a team that is just unstoppable. They lost to a better team. But, but the you, years that they you, lost you to Boston, back. I they mean, didn't... last year, yeah, last year they, they should not have lost in the first round. That That's just disgraceful. Mm-hmm. But I think... They, they lost to Montreal. They were clearly better than Montreal. Yeah, they but the Golden Knights to, were clearly better Boston, than Montreal, too. Lost... And, and, and so was saying, Winnipeg. Like, things happen. But my point is, like, you're you're talking about blowing up a core of a, of a Colorado team that, mind you, doesn't have an issue getting past the first round. And... They're not necessarily created equal in the way or the or the types of series that they've lost to. It's not the same thing over and over again. It's not the Leafs failing to beat the Columbus Blue Jackets in a play-in <laughs> round. It's not the Leafs with a 3-1 series lead over the Boston Bruins and allowing Boston to come back or not being able to close out in a Game 7. It's not the same. Like I, I don't know why Colorado's not getting any leeway here when the Leafs get all of the leeway. Well, I, I think part part of that has to do with the fact that, well, Toronto plays in Toronto, so there, there, there's always going to be a different set of rules for them, I, I, I think. I'm not I'm not talking about Toronto. Toronto wants them to blow it up, Chapman. I don't know what you're talking about. I'm talking about I, you. I, I'm talking I, about I, you I, because talking I feel... about a, a team, a team that has been to the second round three years in a row, and they, it's, it's still it's – still, well within their possibility of, I, of winning this round, and I think that they will. And you're talking about if they blow this against a team that, checks notes, won the Stanley Cup four years ago, then all of a sudden you've got to blow things up for Colorado? Well, but, that doesn't but, make any I, sense I, to me. I, I think the difference with Toronto, I feel like it, it's it's going to sound absolutely crazy when I say it, but if if Colorado somehow loses this series... I think Toronto can feel like they're closer than Colorado is because I feel like Toronto <laughs> is good. The, the, the way they should look at things is if we had won game six or seven, we would be going to the cup final because there's no way we, we would have lost to Florida and there's no way we would have lost to Carolina or the Rangers. Obviously, that could happen, but I think in their mind, they feel that they're better than than those three teams. I just feel like like with Toronto, if they had gotten over the hurdle, we'd be looking at them totally differently. And they didn't get over the hurdle, so so maybe we shouldn't look at them differently. But I just, I, I, if I'm an Avalanche fan, I'm sick to my stomach if this team blows a series. Against a, against a goalie who's not playing well, against a team that was down three to nothing, in game three, or, or in, a, in a closeout game, a team that had clearly lost their heads and were not thinking about playing hockey. Mm-hmm. This would be the worst loss by the Avalanche in a playoff series of those four years that, that we've talked about. Like, I, I I don't know how you can spin it any other way. It 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 would be, but it would be the the one that I feel like, or the first one that I feel like you sit there and say, okay, that one got away from them. Like, I I think 
By Say virtue enough. of what happened, by virtue of what happened in games one and two ish against Vegas, we have this skewed perception of what that series was, right? Like that, that the Avalanche just stopped and could not figure it out. Um, that was an evenly matched series between two of the best teams in the league last year. And the Vegas Golden Knights played a blueprint to beat Colorado. And the Colorado Avalanche, it wasn't a, it wasn't a lack of effort. It wasn't a lack of talent. It wasn't a lack of core. It was a lack of adjustments. It's on the coach. It's on the coach. And then you go into this one, and again, if they are in a position to close a game out, and they aren't able to find that next gear, they're not able to clamp things down defensively, they're not able to protect a lead because they're still forcing the issue up the ice, that's on the coach. It's well, not on anyone else. The, but there is execution, though, because Landis Gunk has to put that puck in the open net. Darcy Kemper has to make that save on Bortuzzo. Mm-hmm. Like, like there, there, there's just... There, there, there's just, uh, you know, I'm sorry, not Bortuzzo, Bozak. Who scored the goal? Bortuzzo, right? No, it was, it was Bozak. Tyler Bozak. Tyler Bozak. Yeah. I get them confused all the time. Um, but, you know, he, he's got he's to gotta make that save. Like, you're up three to nothing in that series. Jared Bednar is not out there, not out there skating with that team. Like, yeah, he— You don't, you he, don't make the same argument for Toronto up three to two on Tampa? Well, I think Tampa's a better team than, than St. Louis. And you were never yeah, going. I mean, and you were never going to be. They're the last two teams to win the Stanley Cup. Yeah, but 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 I think right, like, but, but like you can make the same Louis argument for Jack Campbell. But St. Louis hadn't won a playoff I mean, series following that cup. Okay, but my point my point is like they're not all that different. So why why is perception so vastly different for you on Toronto than it is for Colorado? Just because. It's Tampa. Is it just because you assume that if Toronto gets out of the first round, that's a team that's all of a sudden going to be able to handle the pressure of round number two? That, that's a possibility. You have no idea. I mean, you have my, no my, my idea per- what maybe, the Toronto Maple Leafs would do in round two. You're right, but but I feel like this Toronto team had a little bit of that if we just get over the hurdle, we're going to make a run. It just had that feel. They they <laughs> so so Toronto gets seven cracks at getting over the hurdle and, and, and Colorado only gets four. Well, like what what I, is this argument? I I I don't know. They're it's, the same, Chapman. It, the only difference is Colorado can actually win a round. <laughs> I I just I think perception wise they're not the same. Like Toronto doesn't have yeah. a President's Trophy. You know, Colorado's got one of those. So being so being good, being good hurts them now. Well, so I, I, wait, listen, I, I we, think we can, you, go, we can go around you, and around. You set yourself up to a higher standard. I think the standard expectations are higher for the Colorado Avalanche than they are for the Toronto Maple Leafs. I disagree 100%. The Leafs play in Toronto. We'll They've take... got a, a Rocket Richard winner in Austin Matthews. They're setting franchise records for wins in a season. Things are falling. Records are falling. And they still can't get out of the first round? Well, they get the two-time cup champion in the first round. They, it's still the first round. If, if, like, they, again, if, I, if they got Florida, I'm, I'm I, 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 think, I think they would have beaten Florida in the first round. But see, like we don't know that. You, I, right? like we don't know. You're the, right. We the, don't. The, but, the but luck of the draw, in my opinion, unfortunately, 
worked against them. In my opinion, you put but, them against any of the other six teams in the Eastern Conference, and they win that series. The only but, series but they would not have all, win was the team that they got. But that's all speculative. It is and speculative. We're, and we're sitting here talking about Colorado saying that they need to they need to blow up the core when they may very well get over the hump right here. Yeah, but but they still the, have two chances. The conversation that we're having is hinging on them not beating the St. Louis Blues. If they win the series, do you think then, then that's going to happen? No, I I don't. But we're, I thought we were dealing with hypotheticals, and have, if if it turns out that they did fi- somehow blow that series, then I think they they have to have a serious look at at the team. Yeah, I I don't think it's a team or core issue. I think it's a coaching issue, and I've been on the coaching issue for two years now. Um, I, I I think Jerry Benoit is a really good coach. I don't think he's the coach to get Colorado to the next level, and I do think that there is another level that this team can hit. They just need to get there by way of the right coach. Um, I, I will say this, though, and I think this is interesting, mainly because I, I put out last night after the game that there's, there's no way the abs are going to blow this series. Right, right, right. And I'll tell you, the overwhelming majority was – yeah, they will. They're Colorado. Yes, they will. They can't do it. It's round number two. A lot of it's up to Darcy Kemper. And I guess that's kind of the only other question before we take a break here in the first segment is how much of this rests on Darcy Kemper, not last night's game, but just in having to be perfect, having to steal when we have seen him in the playoffs on bad teams, steal games. How much does Darcy Kemper have to be the guy to get this team over the hump? Well, I think there, there, there's a bit of pressure on him because you allowed a guy who was a finalist for the Vezina Trophy walk. And you replaced that guy with Darcy Kemper. You, you, I, I would imagine that Colorado felt that Kemper was just as good, maybe better than Philip Grubauer. Maybe Grubauer was a product of the system. So yeah, I, I feel like there is pressure on Darcy Kemper. I feel like it, it, it's similar to Jacob Markstrom. Look, we know you're a good goalie, but mm-hmm. and and we understand that not all the goals you're giving up are your fault. But you got to make a save. You have to make a a big save. You have to come up with a play and stop a puck from going in that that maybe you shouldn't make the save on, but it's not entirely on him, but I feel like there there is a bit of it on him, and I feel like there is a lot of pressure on the guy because of the fact that they did let Grubauer walk, and you could look and say, well, Grubauer had a terrible season this year, and he did. He played on a bad team, too, but mm. I, 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 I don't know how much I put on Darcy Kemper, but I also don't know how much leeway we should give him either because... The, the the conversation will come back to, well, if we had Grubauer in net, would we have won? Again, the hypothetical world that they that they blow this series, and they blow the th- the three games to one lead. I don't think it happens, but I think again these are conversations that you have to have if if they don't win this series. Yeah, it's fascinating. It really is, and you know, I I don't know that you're necessarily wrong. I do I do think if Colorado ends up blowing this, there will be some serious thought put into how to get this team over the hump. I don't think it's going to be 
wholesale changes. I think it'll be a change. And I think I know exactly where that change would fall because there's plenty of really good coaches out there right now. And if you have an opportunity to upgrade even a 1%, I think with this core and knowing how good they're going to be over the next three or four years, you got to take a look at it. Though we will get into more from Colorado and St. Louis later on in the show. I want to chat a little bit later on about some of the comments from Nathan McKinnon and how I took them. I want to get Chapman's thoughts on that as well. We're back with more on the VGK Insider Show right here on Fox Sports Las Vegas. We're back to the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas 98.9 FM and 1340 AM. Live update. Carolina, New York. The Rangers looking to finally do what no other team has been able to do. And that is beat the Carolina Hurricanes on home ice. The the Carolina Hurricanes looking to do what they've done all postseason long and that's win on home ice it's one nothing carolina just about six minutes left in the first period i like chapman are the hurricanes ever going to win a game on the road and and and, like i i know that that sounds ridiculous and and you can understand how that could work out over the course of one round but to be this deep into round number two and Carolina's still not been able to figure out a way to win a game on the road, that blows me away. Yeah, they're 0-6. Um, you know they're going back to New York for at least, well, for one more. Uh, not at least mm-hmm. one more. There will only be one more game in New York, no matter what happens tonight. I I don't understand because I feel like they're a pretty good team. Like, I feel like they they've got players who shouldn't be intimidated by playing on the road. They've got a coach who's been there before. I I, I can't explain it. it. It's just a weird circumstance, and I feel like sometimes maybe it's self-inflicted. Like, the, the biggest issue I have is in a lot of these games, they're just getting run out of the building. Like, the games against Boston <laughs> where, where, where they lost – they weren't very yeah. good. Like it's not like it's not like they're they're going to overtime and losing. It's not like they're 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 going back and forth and losing four three. Like they're not even close to winning some of these games. Like they got absolutely annihilated by Boston in some of those games. They they had the, the games against the Rangers. It seemed like they had no chance to win either of those games. I, I mean, if they have aspirations of winning a cup, they're going to have to find a way to win a game on the road because I. I we know that they don't lose or that Tampa doesn't lose two games in a row. So they're going to have to find a way to win a game on the road. I just don't know if if they're going to be able to do it. Like, I, I, I feel like maybe they'll win tonight, but I have zero confidence that they'll win game six. And I feel like the first time they lose it, I feel like the you first shouldn't. time they, they, they lose a game at home, it all implodes mm-hmm. because I don't see them rebounding. Like the moment, so, the moment they find themselves facing adversity because they lost at home, I think they'll fold. So I, I know that I, yesterday I got ahead of myself thinking about McKinnon versus McDavid, and, and there's still a lot of hockey to go. Battle of, of Alberta goes tonight. The Edmonton Oilers have an opportunity to punch their ticket to the third round of the playoffs, but Calgary Flames are going to be looking to rebound. And then you've got Carolina, New York, and the winner of this series ends up playing Tampa. Now, like the question I have, right, the idea, the thread that I want to pull out here is what matchup 
matters more to you? What do you want to see more? Do you want to see the Rangers and the Lightning, or do you want to see Carolina and the Lightning? The reason that I ask that is twofold. You've got Carolina. If everything holds true, if they win out at home and they lose out on the road, you have an opportunity to test some theories in that series. Whether or not Vasilevsky and the Lightning will lose two games in a row, whether or not the Carolina Hurricanes are going to continue to win out at home and be an absolute shell of themselves on the road. All of those things, those those extra storylines are interesting. But then the other side of the coin here is the Rangers and Igor Shosturkin versus Andre Vasilevsky and the Lightning. Like you have the two best goalies in the league right now. You've got the Vezina front runner in Shesterkin and the best goalie alive in the playoffs in Vasilevsky. As as much as we get our get ahead of ourselves with McKinnon and McDavid, that would just be to me on the other side of the puck equally as exciting. Yeah, I I I think for the intrigue, first of all, you get you get the big market versus the small market. Not not small market, but the the the, the big city against Tampa. Right, like the big bad New York Rangers, New York City, largest media market in the world. Obviously, a lot of attention is going to be paid to that just because of the fact that the Rangers haven't been there in a long time. Right, you got to go back to what 2014, the last time they were in the Eastern Conference Final. So, I think there's a lot of intrigue just because the Rangers would would be involved, and in, and obviously New York being what it is, you're automatically going to draw interest in that series. I don't really have an interest in Carolina and and Tampa because I don't think it's going to be a very good series. <laughs> I I just don't see Carolina stepping up and and being able to chop down the Tampa Bay Lightning. I don't think the Rangers will either. But at least with the Rangers, you have some more intrigue. You've got like you said, Shesterkin against Vasilevsky. There's there's the the McDonough um, intrigue, right? Because McDonough played for the Rangers. You, you, you've got two teams that John Tortorella coached with a lot of success. That's, I, that's a that's a distant thread there. You're pulling, I'm, I'm grasping at straws there, but yeah, you are. I, I, you I don't f- need to. No, no, but I just feel like there's a lot more intrigue in New York against Tampa than there is against Carolina. I think for the for the health, not the health, but like I feel like the league would rather have the Rangers in that position than Carolina, just because I feel like you're going to draw more eyes. Ratings wise, because obviously if New York loses, there's a good chance you lose a lot of the casual fans in New York. Where if the Rangers win, obviously you're you're gonna draw even more eyes into your 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 television. Um so I like the idea of Shesterkin against Vasilevsky, just because mm-hmm. there there's there's these two star stud Russian goalies. I don't know if if Shesterkin grew up idolizing Vasilevsky, if he was a hero of his. But it stands to reason that he, he could be. So, well, go ahead. I I I think it, it would just add some some intrigue to it, and, and you know, goalies will always tell you, like Robin Leonard will always tell you, well, I'm not playing against the other guy. I'm not mm-hmm. playing against the goalie on the other side. But I think as fans, we kind of view it that way. We kind of view it as as these two star goalies against each other. Am, am I wrong in that? Am, am I looking at that the wrong no. way? Because I feel like no, a lot I, of fans would, would be drawn to that. I think the best matchup in the, in the third round in the East would be the Rangers and the lightning. I, I really do. And, and like the Shesterkin thing, the, the Andre Vasilevsky 
angle. Like that to me, that's the series in and of itself. But I, I mean, you've got two incredibly good coaches in Gerard Gallant going head to head with uh, with John Cooper. You've got some big, physical, nasty teams. Teams that are not afraid to kind of get into the trenches. So, um, and and to be honest, like the Rangers, kind of playing with house money. And we saw what Gerard Gallant was able to do year one with the Golden Knights, playing with house money taking it all the way to the final. Like I think the best opportunity for a team to beat Tampa and let me get it very, very clear here. I don't think that there's a great chance to beat Tampa in the third round, especially with the rest that they're getting. Um, I think the best opportunity, the best chance comes down to the New York Rangers. They've been able to go with the ebbs and flows of a series significantly better than the Carolina Hurricanes have. And you're going to have to win a game on the road. And until Carolina shows me they're capable of doing that in these playoffs, I don't think that they're all of a sudden going to become capable against the two-time defending Stanley Cup champions. Now, real quick, though, I, I, I do want to switch gears for a second and go to... Calgary and Daryl Sutter because we've talked about Daryl's use of words, use of messaging in the media. And one of the things Daryl said today that I thought was so fascinating, quote, maybe our guys are doing all that they can. Maybe Edmonton's just a little bit better right now. That's kind of been on the sideline. No one has talked about that. It's always been about the negative. What about the good stuff that's going on? End quote. Daryl Sutter conceding here that it's not about effort, it's not a lack of effort for the Calgary Flames, maybe the Oilers are just better right now. If I'm a player, like if I'm Johnny Gaudreau, if I'm Matthew Kachuk, if I I hear that quote, if I see that quote, if I understand that, that's Daryl pulling up your opponent. That's Daryl putting all the pressure on how well the Oilers have played, knowing that if that slips for even just a second, maybe, just maybe, that's the opening the Flames need. But then you're firing up your own players. You are getting the message across in a way that gets to the core of what athletes have most pride in, and that is their competitive nature. You think Johnny Gaudreau wants to concede that Connor McDavid's been better than him in this series? You think he doesn't know it? He does. But when you point it out like that, when you play that game, it should have the desired effect that Daryl's going for. That is more pressure on Edmonton to not screw it up. And all of the energy and the fire and the emotion and the anger of getting outplayed, kind of kicking his team in the butt. Yeah. I, I think it's fantastic. Like, it's great. Great stuff from Daryl Sutter. It just goes to, to the gamesmanship that, that you mentioned. Mind games, all that stuff. Look, you're down 3-1 to one in the series. Put all the pressure on the team to, to, to close the door. I, I, I don't know if there's any truth to the old cliche that the hardest game is, is the closeout game, the hardest one to win. Like, I don't, I don't know <sighs> if that's... That's the avalanche. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if that's true or not. <laughs> like, I've never played. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I mean, you, you hear that, but is that just coach talk? Is that just a cliche? But... Mm-hmm. Daryl Sutter, the mind games put all the pressure on Edmonton. Look, you've never you, you you guys haven't haven't been here before. Go ahead. The pressure's on you. Knock us knock us down. Eliminate us. You're a better team than us. You should win this game tonight. Mm-hmm. I like it's it. It's great. It's it's well done. I I love Daryl 
because there are moments where you, you, you take a quote at face value and you say, hmm, that's interesting. Then you start to parse through the words. Then you start to understand what the message is. Then you get the brilliance of Daryl Sutter. And I'll tell you, I think that I've been I, – I've enjoyed the Battle of Alberta. With this wrinkle added to it, I cannot wait for tonight's game. You need some things to go your way if you're the Flames. Like, one, you need Mike Smith to turn into a pumpkin. I don't know if that's going to happen. He's the most interesting player right now in the playoffs. I don't think it's particularly close. Then you need Connor McDavid to have an off night. And even with an off night, Connor McDavid's putting up two points. So you're going to have to score three. And then you need Jacob Markstrom to be phenomenal. Like, you have to get a series-altering performance from Jacob Markstrom in this game. And that, to me, is the big question. Can he get it done? Can he do it against the, against the Oilers, against a team that this year has torched him? I don't know. We'll find out. But it'll be interesting when that puck drops a little bit later on tonight. End of the first period, the Rangers and the Hurricanes tied at one. We've got play of the day next right here on the VGK Insider Show. No chance to shoot for Stevenson centered. Eichel scores! It's time for the play of the day on the VGK Insider Show. Play of the day comes from last night's game, the Colorado Avalanche and the St. Louis Blues. What should have been a career-defining goal for Nathan McKinnon unfortunately doesn't help get them the win, but it is the best play that we saw last night, and it brings everyone out of the woodwork, including Darren Millard, as he'll get to his reaction of this goal from Nathan McKinnon. Three minutes to play. McKinnon has two in the game. He's flying into the zone. Nathan McKinnon drives, and he scores! You can't teach that. Blues have had all kinds of pressure, and it's a one-man wrecking crew through the neutral zone. The Blues back in, forehand, backhand, and somehow he gets this back on the forehand and flips it over the goaltender's blocker, Shane, on the short side. Absolutely incredible. Watch how he gets this puck elevated in tight as he's losing it. It's almost from between his skates, and he goes upstairs, but just too much room. Look at him go like a gallop every time he crosses over he explodes more and a move goes inside out on Letty and then upstairs past Huso he has been a force right from the start of this game yeah and hey Shane Knighty uh, part of that broadcast guys look at that yeah yeah made sure I, I included him Hi, thank you very much. I wanted to jump in there. Uh, uh, just uh, one note uh, about that play. For Billy Huso's standpoint, he never expects a player to beat his defenseman one-on-one like that. So you're a little bit surprised when that happens. And then you, you see the puck just flip up perfectly for McKinnon to be able to get yep. it up and over the shoulders. I'm not calling it a fluke, but it was perfectly timed that he was able to, uh, to roof that puck. Uh, the default with a player like that is to sit back and, and play uh, closer to home defensively, and that's what happens if you give him too much room. Yeah, just a brilliant goal from Nathan McKinnon, certainly the best of the night. Um, unfortunately, we give no respect to Tyler Bozak and his game winner, <laughs> but at least we get another game yes. out of it between Colorado and St. Louis. That one's tomorrow. We're back with our number two of the VGK Insider Show right here on Fox. Yes.